In the name of Jesus, amen. Our Old Testament lesson is fairly familiar, isn't it? Does it bring back memories for you of confirmation class? You know, being forced to zone out in church for an hour a week, doodling all over your Bible that was gifted to you by your godparents, going home, and mom and dad constantly telling you, memorize those Ten Commandments or you will be grounded for the rest of your life. Ah, the good old days when things were simple, right? And so it is that you learned the Ten Commandments, at least long enough to recite them for your pastor. But since that time, have you worried about the Ten Commandments very much? Do you think about them ever? Or is that just some hoop from the past that you already jumped through and have moved on? We learn the Ten Commandments and Confirmation, but after that we just don't care about them too much anymore, do we? After all, the Ten Commandments are not politically correct. And the world keeps telling us that the Ten Commandments also aren't really that relevant anymore. They're not important. They shouldn't be worried about. I mean, take the Third Commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Who could do that right now? There's a pandemic on. We can't go to church. We can't receive the sacraments. We can't spend time in the liturgy of God or of the church. It doesn't jive with the circumstances that we face. After all, we might get sick here. We might die. Church has gone from being the place where the message of eternal life is preached and taught to a place where death lurks behind every uncovered face. A place where death circulates through the air conditioning system. A place even more dangerous, according to a recent news article, than the grocery store. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? I'd rather not get sick. And so it is that the third commandment goes right out the window. Irrelevant, unimportant, who cares? We're non-pandemic related. The eighth commandment protects people's good reputation. That's not really that relevant anymore either, is it? Who could care about reputation in an age of social media? It's so easy to retweet 
or share or click a button to pass on some sort of defamation of an individual. Especially if they're a politician that you don't like that well. Or an enemy of yours who you've been quarreling with since seventh grade algebra. Who wouldn't destroy a reputation if you have something to personally gain from the downfall of another? Eighth commandment, irrelevant. Just get rid of it, throw it away. How about the sixth commandment? Who could care about the importance of one man and one woman being united in a one flesh marriage union till death do they part? After all, divorce is big business. We have to keep the lawyers well paid. And adultery, well, that's pretty commonplace too, isn't it? Children begin their sexual lives in middle school. Really, they do. We've gone from the two genders that God made, male and female, to more than we could possibly even name or understand. Our world says it's okay if, when you're asked your gender, you say, I'm a flippity-bobbity-boo. What does that mean? Who are you to judge me? We have TV shows right now that are all about polyamory. Groups of people that take turns with one another. And the majority of internet traffic, especially the last few weeks, well, it's the inappropriate websites. The Sixth Commandment, let's throw that out too. And just to save time, we could do the same mental gymnastics with the other commandments also. We could talk about a whole variety of corrupt, shameful actions that seem to be commonplace in our world today. And so we have to ask, do the Ten Commandments still mean anything? Are they important at all? Or are they just some archaic doctrine of old from the Middle East, from another time and another world that we no longer need? Should we abolish the Ten Commandments? Forget the Ten Commandments. Move on. There are some churches today that teach that's exactly what we should do. They ignore God's word from our Old Testament lesson for today and instead have created their own sociably acceptable commandments. 
They allow violation of the Sixth Commandment as long as the people involved love each other. They allow violations of the Fifth Commandment because it's the mother's body and the mother's choice. Even if they don't let you say the same thing about masks. They define worship not by what the scriptures say, but instead people's personal preference. And when someone disagrees with their theology, they destroy them and their reputations. And then they invent new sins. Sins that God's word never talks about. Sins like social justice, privilege, climate crimes, capitalism, workaholism, and more. Breaking the Ten Commandments is fine, but violating their invented sins results in cancellation, defamation, the removal of an individual from society. So what do we do? How do we respond? It's so tempting, isn't it, to participate in the modern world's politically correctism? We feel so much pressure to allow all the evil that we've talked about so far to happen. To live and let live, to be silent in the face of the mob of political correctness. But we're Christians. We don't belong to the world. And we believe God's word especially as it is spoken by the crucified and risen Jesus Christ in our gospel lesson for today. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. <clears throat> Truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. <coughs> In other words, no matter what the world says, God's word of law and the Ten Commandments is still true. Those words still apply as far as the Almighty God and Creator of the world cares. Those words cannot be changed, edited, not even small changes like the crossing of T's or dotting of the I's. God's law is good and wise, no matter what we think about them. God's law is true.
That's a bit terrifying, isn't it? I mean, when we consider the Ten Commandments as true, we learn something terrifying about ourselves. We learn that we are guilty, that we have sinned in thought, in word, and in deed by what we have done, by what we have left undone. If God's word is true, if those Ten Commandments matter, we've failed miserably at keeping them during our lives. To drive this point home, Jesus gives a very specific example. He speaks about the fifth commandment, you shall not murder. He picks that one because it's one the average Joe thinks they haven't broken. I've never murdered someone in the middle of the night with a knife. I've got that one in the books. So Jesus gets into the details. If you so much as call someone a fool, you've murdered them in your heart. It's a harsh condemnation. Because who hasn't called someone a fool or a moron or an idiot? We all have. I'll probably do it three times on the drive home from church this morning. And I bet you have as well in your own unique fashion. We murder with words, with our hate, with our anger, with our frustrations, and it's sin. Jesus gives us this specific example, but it's that way for all the commandments. We break them. We use God's name wrongly. We despise the Sabbath. We dishonor our parents and authorities. We commit adultery. We steal, gossip, and covet. We sin. And in doing these things, we fail to fear, love, and trust in God properly. We are sinners. And God says sinners must die. Forever die. In hell die. The place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what we deserve for ignoring God's law, for despising God's word, for creating our own socially acceptable laws in the place of the Word of God. So what do we do? There's nothing. Our only hope is the mercy of God. And mercy is the very thing God is eager to give. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, down to this earth to take on our flesh. 
And Christ has fulfilled the law in our place. That's the word he uses in our gospel lesson, fulfilled. That means when it comes to God's word and the Ten Commandments, Jesus kept the whole thing, the entirety, all the details, the little bits, the jots and the tittles, the I's and the T's. Christ was perfect. He loved God perfectly. He loved his neighbor perfectly. He loves you perfectly. The love is so great that Christ goes to the cross to suffer, to bleed, and to die in obedience to God on behalf of humanity, in love towards God and fulfilling his law, in love towards neighbor, you who were unable. On the cross, Christ fulfilled God's law for you. His blood sealed your forgiveness. His resurrection guarantees that you have a place reserved for you in his eternal kingdom of life. That your death in this world is not really your end. The love of God in Jesus has saved you. The death he died to sin, once for all he died. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And you are now connected to that life in the waters of holy baptism. When you were baptized, you died with Jesus for your sins. When you were baptized, you rose with him into eternal life. You are, right now, first and foremost, a citizen of heaven. Your sin no longer counts against you. Your failures have been made well. Jesus has saved you. And now you're free. Free to fulfill the law the same way your Lord has done. To love the Ten Commandments, to seek to fulfill them to the very best of your still in this lifetime sinful ability. You're free not to ignore God's word. You're free not to invent your own laws to make yourself feel better but instead to fulfill the law that Christ has already given you, to love God and to love your neighbor. To love God and to love your neighbor. To love God by hearing his word, rejoicing in his gifts, participating in his forgiveness. To love your neighbor without murdering, stealing, belittling, and the rest. Not by compulsion, not by mandate from above, not by directed measures, but out of response to the love of God. You are a Christian. 
You're dead to sin and alive in Christ. In every aspect of your life, you are a Christian. You love the Ten Commandments. You seek to keep the Ten Commandments. And when you fall short, you are a Christian. You confess your sin and are forgiven and seek to do better in the future. You are a Christian. Christ fulfilled God's law for you. And now you're free. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This time we stand and sing the offertory. <laughs>